Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we are going to dive into a very interesting topic. And I'm excited for you to hear this interview today. So I want to first ask you before we dive into this, have you heard of medical Reiki? Now, whether you have or have not, you are going to really have your interest piqued after today's conversation. We have a special guest named Raven Keys, and she is the founder of Raven Keys Medical Reiki International. Now, in recent years, Reiki has been introduced into hospice care, soothing the emotional and physical discomforts of transition. And it's also been accepted as a mode of alternative healing to support many patients in oncology wards throughout several hospitals, including here in San Diego. Now, this beautiful modality is growing rapidly because of its simplicity and powerful effectiveness. But what happens when Reiki meets the medical world in a more supportive way? We have an opportunity to amplify our understanding of healing mind, body, and emotion, which is the full range of our beingness. So we're not discounting the way our energy supports the harmonization of physical and emotional healing. So healing in of itself becomes understood in new ways. And you're going to learn so much about this from our guest, Raven Keys. Now, I told you she's the founder of the Raven Keys Medical Reiki International, but she is also the author of The Healing Power of Reiki, which is a phenomenal book, and the stories she shares will really inspire you. In fact, her book was recommended to me by one of our members of the Seeker Circle, and she said in reading the book, she cried tears of joy, and now I understand why. So I am very thankful that Raven agreed to come on the podcast to share with us her experiences with working with patients before, during, and after surgery. Yes, she has done Reiki during surgeries in the operating rooms. And again, it's so exciting and inspiring because I think it really speaks to the direction we could be heading in understanding healing in a new way when Reiki can be used um, more supportively for Western medicine. So Raven does train Reiki masters to also do the work that she does. Um, She trains Reiki masters throughout the world in how to safely and unobtrusively provide Reiki in operating rooms and in other medical venues. So I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you on the other side. Okay, so today we are welcoming Raven Keys to Reiki Radio. Raven, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. I'm really very happy to be here with you. Yes, let me tell you, I think everyone is going to be very excited to hear your stories. So before we get into it, I just want to mention that Raven is the founder of Raven Keys Medical Reiki International, but also the author of this book, The Healing Power of Reiki. 
And so before we get into the interview, I have to point out that um, someone in a private uh, Facebook group that I have, they recommended this book and they said how beautiful it was and how the stories brought them to tears of joy. And I had the same experience, but I want to say firstly, thank you for being so honest in this book. Well, you're welcome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but truly, one of the things I think that stood out to me the most is, and what's interesting about your book, is it's not just about how to do Reiki, although you have beautiful um, meditations throughout the book that support the stories and processes that you talk about, but you really share the stories of what your experience of being, you know, holding space for people, what that's been like working with people on so many levels. So I want to ask first, what even inspired you to write the book in this way, telling stories of what it's like to be a Reiki master? Well, it's, I started working on a, um, I was just composing notes. Like I've been composing notes since the beginning. And um, I, had a friend who was an agent who said, well, you know, I want to see these notes of yours. So I ended up sending the manuscript at, I didn't realize it was a manuscript, but apparently that's how people in the publishing industry think about things. And it came to pass that um, I was guided to tell the stories. It was more about, um, it was, it was about the stories, uh, according to what I was told by a publishing expert. So, um, but then, you know, it just seemed like it was the right thing to do. And what else is there really to talk about, in my opinion? It's like, what happens when we do Reiki? That's the main thing. That's really the main thing. And um, it, what, what happens to us, but what happens to the others that we're working on? That's a very, be- very big deal for us to understand um, how our work affects people. And I think it's, it's powerful to share those stories with each other. Like, I, I love hearing stories about what happened when someone did Reiki on another human being or a pet or a plant or a whatever, you know, it's always so extremely interesting. Don't you think? Oh, very interesting. But I, you know, just again, amazed to read it in a book. And again, that's why I said, thank you so much for being so honest in this because a lot of what you share, I think it will help people who question themselves or doubt themselves in session Um, especially with what they may be feeling or what people may even start to see and sense and develop as they continue the practice of Reiki. So that was one of the very interesting things too, because you speak very clearly about your guides that you work with and even, um, you know, other modalities, like you mentioned shamanism in there as well. I mean, it's a very interesting, the way you highlight what goes on in sessions from your point of view, as well as sharing the experiences on the people of the people on the receiving end. Um, in my, my from my point of view, um, Reiki should not be limited. It contains everything in the universe. So, um, I think it was very wise. I believe it was um, Fran Stein who spoke about this, or maybe it was. Um, another 
I think maybe it was Nicholas Pearson said to me that um, in the research of Dr. Yusui, he could have started a religion back then. It was very common in Japan to start a religion, but he chose not to. And it was so profound that he didn't do that because if you, if you assign anything to Reiki, it limits it. Do you know what I'm saying? In my point, from my point of view, it's the universe. Anything can drop through to you because it's all one. So we're operating in this huge expanse of infinity. That's what we're doing. And so therefore, we should never be limited. We should never limit ourselves in any way, shape, or form and say, it's only this or it's only that or you can only do it this way. Or, you know what I'm saying? It's I like, do. Yeah. It's, yeah. So in the end, you know, I'm writing this book now uh, about medical Reiki and I'm spinning everything into it. It's like, you know, the history of medicine. What is the history of medicine? Well, it starts with really shamans, if you really think about it. I mean, the ancient people healed with their hands and they spoke to the plants and they, they weren't limited at all. So, um, yeah, uh, I feel... It was beautiful, too. Now that you say that, it reminds me at one point in the book, you point to how even in um, the medical world, the placebo effect in those type of studies also pointing to and showing us how capable the body is and the power of the mind. And yeah. I think through the process of Reiki, we also see that as well. And we learn a lot through you know this practice that alters and changes the way we perceive so many things, like not only how the body heals, but also just, you know, how we are showing up in our life. And I have to say, Raven, that's one of the things that was screaming off of the pages as well in your book that I love that it shared was emotion and how much our emotions impact our experience in that um, like mind-body connection, how we store emotion, but even relating that to the work that you've done in operating rooms, how the doctors are working on a physical level and you're working and holding space very much on an emotional level. So I wanted to know if you could talk about that in relation to you know what you've learned through the work that you've been doing. Um, what I've learned is that it's been, a, well, first of all, it's been a great honor to stand in the presence of genius. Like doctors operate on a whole other level. Operate. <laughs> but they do they're like really concerned about a vein about you know like connecting this thing correctly they're they're fighting like they're warriors and they take up scalpels they're so brave and it comes from a place of such deep passion i mean they're just really amazing Truly. And I, I, I get very upset if anybody disses a doctor. You know, that's not cool. You have no idea what they've gone through to get to where they are. And I also am very aware of the fact that they are not holding the same space as me. So working together, we, could do, we can accomplish way more than either one of us can do on our own. Because I don't want to do surgery. I hate the sight of blood. You know what I'm saying? It's like a very, very big deal to be in an operating room for me. I'm like in reverence. But I've seen them revere, uh, like Dr. Um, Oz, taking a heart out of like my, my client and then 
like everything hushes, like they're in the presence of a human heart. I mean, there are those moments and there are those surgeons. They're like, they don't know what to do. You know, like they lose patience. And what are they? I mean, literally people don't always survive. I've never been involved in a case where somebody died on the operating table or anything like that. But what if they do? You know, what if they do? They really need somebody like us there to hold on to that life and help that light life get into the light right then and there. We don't know what somebody's day is like or what what um, what what their destiny is. Like today might be the day that they have an easy chance to leave this world and go into the light. And it means that it's gonna happen during surgery and doctors take that really hard or, or they try not to. Right. I mean, all this issue about um, compassion fatigue and building up and like trying to have, be strong in the, in the face of all these things. And we are a buffer. I have to say this, and I wanna point this out for people who may be new to your work, which is absolutely fascinating. Just to make it very clear, you have had the opportunity to actually be in operating rooms, holding space and doing Reiki while um, patients are under having surgery performed on them by the medical doctors. Yes. And I have to ask you this. So in the book, too, and you speak about how your first experience of this was one of your Reiki clients wanted you present for her heart surgery. And that's how you met Dr. Oz and all of this began to unfold for you. But after that experience, I mean, I can't even imagine the impact that must have had on you. Before that, were you already, you know, kind of looking at or considering how those two worlds could come together and support each other? Or was it after that experience that you really had this moment of, wow, if the, you know, Western medicine and these alternate modalities came together, how powerful they would be? I had no intention of ever bringing my work into medicine. It was not on my plan book at all. Mm -hmm. I, uh, or my playbook, I guess you say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> baseball I don't know but anyway um, I, I had no intention of doing that and the fact of the matter is once I went to that surgery I only went because I loved my client and that and then in the next book I'm going into great detail on that story because it's very crucial um, because it changed everything it didn't change everything for me it changed everything for a lot of people that 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 happened and so um, <clears throat> what and so after that, I was like swept into it. It was like, I wasn't think, I wasn't trying to keep working in the hospital or be, do medicine or anything like that. It was the last thing I was thinking about really. But somehow or another, it was just like, well, Dr. Oz wanted me to work on his research team. And you know, all this stuff just started happening and then it happened and happened. And then, you know, and then, um, then, then I was just at the hospital and the, Dr. Oz wanted to research energy medicine and he put me with a, another doctor who was a researcher and we were starting to work on a project and try to figure out how to do all this. And then 9-11 happened. And then that was like a huge break in everything in New York. If you weren't here, I mean, people always talk to me, no matter where they are in the world, about where they were on 9 on 9-11 and what what their experience was but this was like a huge break in reality for 
everybody in New York. It was so traumatizing. And anyway, so everybody, well, maybe people who read my book know, but then I was like at Ground Zero and medical examiner's office and all this family center doing Reiki. But it really was a break um, in reality and in a lot of ways. And so um, then it was like I got back into um, I got back into the hospital again because of a client. Yeah, another client knew about Dr. Oz and how I had been in surgery with Dr. Oz and wanted me to go to breast cancer. So once I met Dr. Feldman, that was it. It was just like he is so amazing as a human being and as a doctor, as a surgeon, he's really something and he's really sensitive. And he um, wanted me just to take care of his patients with him. And it's, we have been living integrative medicine, Dr. Feldman and myself. And um, it's, it's been amazing, really amazing. And now um, we're doing this research project that he is wants to, phenomenal. Yeah. He wants, to, he wants everybody to be able to have Reiki during surgery or in any medical um, event. And, um, you know, there are a lot of reasons. Like, he wrote the foreword for my next book. It's, I cry every time I read it. It's just phenomenal. And how he lauds Reiki and, um, you know, what he has to say. And, but one thing, too, about it is that you can't, I feel like the angels are what, because I work with the Archangel Gabriel since forever. I feel like I was given this assignment because, you know, I was told if you do anything wrong in here, you're going to have to leave immediately. And there's not going to be any discussion about it. You, you can't interfere with anybody and you can't do anything wrong. And so like I took really strong notes along the way, as I said before, and um, it turned into a protocol for me to protect myself. You have, some of it is just off over the top. You know, um, what goes up in there? I mean, they're having a great time. The surgeons love to do surgery, which is another thing that I, I know now. But um, you, ha I feel like it was really meant to be that I would create this protocol for myself that has now turned into a training program for other Reiki masters to be certified to go into surgery. And Dr. Feldman led me through this whole process and told me to start a company and really make it serious and really have it be revered. Because really in the end, um, these people who are such intense scientists, it's very um, difficult for them at this particular time to accept anybody like us into their world. It's almost like mystical status right. that, you know, to go into an operating room. <laughs> well, yeah. I have to say, reading about that too, I couldn't even imagine. Well, there were two things that struck me. One, what that must have been like to all of a sudden be in an operating room and you open your eyes and you're seeing, you know, people's organs or whatever it is you may have seen. I mean, I can't imagine the shock to the system that would have been, but what really stood out is that you had this presence of mind to also know to manage and work on yourself and like keep your ego, your fear, whatever it may be out of it. And that you called on the support of your angels and your team to say, hey, like move me out of the way and help me just to hold space. And I thought that was um, a powerful message in that 
circumstance, but just across the board when we're having sessions. Yes, I, um, I'm sorry that I didn't um, take that really strong ability that Reiki gave me then um, and, and continues to give me in an operating room. It's almost like you just change. It's the protection comes first and foremost to you so you can hold the space and be there for somebody who's going through such a dramatic experience. And the angels have told me it's not just their body. It's their etheric, their physical, etheric, emotional, mental, causal, buddhic, atmic. Every, every aspect of their life is going through this. And we are negotiating, you know, and, and, in, and making it possible for all this to happen and not damage everything. To, you know what I'm saying? It's yes. like real, true protection of the highest order from the universe. But when after 9-11, I just couldn't, um, even though I was doing Reiki, well, maybe if I wasn't doing Reiki, it would have been a lot worse for me. But in that case, all I kept wanting to do was take a little, if I could just take a little bit of this person's pain away, like hold it myself for them, then maybe I, they would feel better. And in the end, I, I, I'm, I guess maybe I'm saying this because I, as as a as an instruction to anybody who might be watching this don't do that that's not your job that brought me over the edge eventually and i really actually can think i had kind of a mini nervous breakdown from holding up so much pain inside me like trying to help this mother taking a little bit of her pain and putting it in myself and over and over and over to the point where I just couldn't hold it anymore, and I know that it um, crashed my kidney. But um, yeah, so because I had to have my kidney removed. Well, uh, it's two things that you're saying with that. One, I think it highlights the beauty of our interconnectedness and yeah. how we are all. I mean, and it's exciting hearing about your work because all I can think about is what's to come, like the merger of the two, and what if you know these people who are more science minded and with all the research that may be done and people do open up to the possibility and then really truly have a bigger picture understanding of what we are, our functionality, just how amazing that will be for all of us. That's a, um, I mean, it's so exciting to even consider, but what you're saying too, uh, with the healing, it reminds me of another part in the book where you talked about the importance of not, wanting to control the outcome of someone's healing process and remembering to just be in that space of holding space. So it, it takes out the responsibility of trying to fix, which I think a lot of Reiki practitioners do, and from a space of love, like we just want to support and help each other. But could you speak a little bit more about that? Because that was huge, the PTSD and all the layers of what was going on with 9-11 how, I mean, again, like, what did you learn from that? And how impactful is that for us to understand not to just take on the energies that aren't our own? Well, we are, I, I use that hollow bone. We are the hollow bone. We're the hollow bone and we just are there to um, bring this love into the world. And this world knows, this love knows what to do. It needs, it knows what to do for this person. We cannot change things. 
like that's the ego getting involved. I'm going to heal this person. Whenever I hear, hear anybody say that, I get so upset. I can't tell you. It's like, what, what kind of nerve do you have to think that you're in control of another human being's destiny? Like every one thing that I really learned is that everybody has their own destiny. And then um, some people can receive at a higher level than others, that's not our affair. We can't control that and we have nothing to do with it. It's like everybody's here learning their own lessons, they're on their own journey, and we cannot fix anything and we're not supposed to. And that was like the huge lesson that I learned from 9-11. It's like, you know, I, it's, what a destiny to choose to lose your child, you know, in a terrible, tragic event i mean i i don't know like why would that be somebody's destiny that they chose for themselves but what do we know like this is a huge universe and our life is forever and we have things we have to figure out well i want to say too again for the people listening you had an opportunity after 9 11 to actually do reiki and support you know some of the first responders some of the families and that's why you were so up close and personal and, and on top of being a New Yorker yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, even that, I, this is what, why I like, I feel like teary eyed just thinking about it, the work that you've done, whether it was your intention or not, that implication and the, the change that could come from all of these beautiful experiences that you had. I mean, you know, even looking at, how much support these first responders really do need in the import importance and impact of the work that they do, but who's supporting them, you know, so that you had this opportunity to hold that space for them. It, it just, all of it, it's like all of the work that you've done and that you describe in this book. I'm like, this could be game changing on so many levels for all of us. One thing that that's really true. A lot of the people that I worked on after 9-11, the firefighters, the um, this one and that one, the police, FBI, CIA, DMOR, medical examiners, forensic scientists, some of those people, especially at the higher levels, like the, um, the forensic scientists and um, the medical examiners and, and whatever, and even DMART, which means um, disaster, mortuary, operation, operational team. Those people came from all over the country and they were, you know, funeral directors and different people who are, who have signed up through the U.S. government to be on standby for disasters. Um, they, those people maybe had some knowledge about a massage and nobody ever heard of Reiki. Right. Like they didn't know anything about it. And, um, and as it turned out, there was a man that I worked on from, I think he was from Oklahoma and he was like a team leader in DMOR. And he said, you know what? I'm going to tell the feds that every time we have to be sent out, we need you guys. We need to have Reiki. That's it. And, yeah. um, so, you know, that was a big thing. I mean, I don't know whatever happened with it because, you know, the thing is, like, I was with these people, so with them. They were so dependent upon me. Oh, please, I need, you know, really, I'm not kidding you. These yeah. people were coming, I need Reiki, please give me Reiki right now. Like, really, 
that's how intense it got from not knowing anything to depending on it, like anything. And uh, so that was then, and then it was over, you know, and they went into the world and I went into my world and it was like, like ripped apart inside in a way because I knew they needed help, but that didn't mean they were going to get it because it wasn't their norm. Yeah. You know, know, it's so funny you say this and it didn't even strike me now. Now I understand, I think why I had such an emotional response to reading a lot of that. Um, Because my, my stepfather, he was a forensic pathologist. He was the chief medical examiner in San Diego at one point. And I remember I used to always think like, how do you eat dinner after having autopsies all day? Like I always wondered like how he was able to function just after whatever kind of day that must have been, you know? And my mom was an embalmer. And so now that she's older and we have a different type of relationship, I've learned that she has had a very hard time with knowing how to process emotion because of the work that she did for all those years. And I think a lot of us don't recognize that these, again, these people, these first responders, these people that do a lot of um, the type of work that supports us and that we need, how much they train themselves to stuff and suppress their own emotion just to be there for us. And then it goes back to what you speak about in the book, how that stuffed and repressed emotion can impact us in incredible ways. So yeah, again, I I am so thankful that you are out here and sharing through your work and the book. And it's just unbelievable. Thank you for the encouragement. I, um, this book that I'm working on now, I've been working on it for a while. I didn't know how I was going to do it. It's just like, how am I going to, um, be able to tell this part of the story and who am I telling it to? And I like, I really wept and really wanted to give up and felt like I couldn't do it. And like, I I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I can't even tell you how, how much it really affected me to try to write this next book. Now I'm on track, but one going back to what you're saying right now um, about the, um, the effects that people's work has upon them. One amazing chapter that's going to be in this book. I already received um, the chapter eight from Dr. Mandy O'Hara, and she's a pediatrician whose specialty is child abuse. So she's a child abuse doctor, and her story about all what you've just been speaking about is really right there and um she tells how reiki is the only thing is the thing that her home base that she returns to and she even tells a story about being um in an autopsy or a child and how the reiki was the thing that saved her that day you know yeah yeah so it's really um we have can you can you train your mother in reiki Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she's kind of curious about it. Kind of, you know, so yeah, I'm kind of waiting for her to come around more to it, but we'll see one day. And yeah. actually I would actually truthfully, I think your book, I'm going to send your book to her because I think that will, will what will be, what will make a light bulb go off for her and have more understanding of even what she's held and how in the relationship between this work 
and how it can support her. So that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's great. You know, for me, I, writing the book or the books that I have, it's really about them having a job. You know, they have a job to do in the world and that's, that's it. Like, it's not about me. It's about it. And I always say this in the medical Reiki trainings too. It's not about me. And it's not about you. It's about it. Like, how can we serve this and change the world? I mean, the angels tell me that um, medicine is a huge doorway that's so respected, you know, um, and that uh, uh, coming into that world is going to change everything because everybody in the room has changed. They notice, like, that the, the energy is different, that things went smooth. Oh, wh where did the time go? It's like, it really, everything is different. And then um, because Reiki's in the room, yes, yes. I mean, it's really, really true that we always ask permission to give Reiki to anybody. But when the room is filled with angels, you know, because you're in the operating room and you've, like, called in the angels and cleaned out the room of, of all the surgeries that came before and all the different kinds of work that we do, uh, they can't help but feel it. And their vibrations raise. Whether, you know, Dr. Feldman said he feels the Reiki in his hands when he's doing surgery. I mean, people, who, it, people are sensitive at different levels, but their vibration is different. And so they go, even if they go and stand in the, uh, in the go, walk through the hallway and get into an elevator with other people, right. the, since this is the first language of cells, divinity or whatever you want to call it, the other cells and the other people recognize it, you know, and it's like, whoa. It reminds me of like quantum entanglement. Yeah, no, it's, it's fascinating. And there was a line in there where you spoke about um, the information, like our cells understand this. And I was like, man, it's just so beautiful. And one thing too, I, I want to point this out as well. Um, you speak about your son in the book and that kind of led to the whole experiences of doing Reiki for the NFL and the NBA and um, because of his own passions and how things just seem to, I have to say that too. I like that you point out because a lot of people ask me, oh, was this your intention, what you're doing now, the work? And I'm like, no, I feel like I've just been following breadcrumbs, quite honestly, because I, I couldn't even explain to you why I am where I am right now. But um, your, your story reads a lot like that. But it was beautiful, the story. Um, and it reminds me of one of my clients who is going to love this episode. The story of your son sharing with you his memory as a young boy of another lifetime. Yeah. Yes. So how amazing is that? And I wanted to ask you, too, because you do share stories of people's own insights during sessions as well as insights you may have, like the one NFL player and the information that came through his knee, all these beautiful stories. Um, would you say that even on the other side of surgery, because people tend to have interesting, some people have very interesting experiences during surgery that change them forever. Have you had stories of people that you've worked with in surgery on the other side having any remembrance of what their experiences were? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a touching remember next time. Remember, okay? <laughs> 
No, I think the anesthesiologists that I've like been in the presence of, they just like take them down. You know what I'm Way saying? Out. Yeah. The truth of of the matter is anesthesia is a whole thing in, in and of itself. And what's really interesting is that it's so revered and respected and everything like that. And they have no idea why it works. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, you know your drugs and you know what to do, but nobody knows really why it works. And there's a um, book about it called Counting Backwards by Henry J. Um, I can't say his last name, but he, Counting Backwards. If you go on Amazon, you can read about anesthesia from uh, a medical genius. I mean, really, um, my understanding of anesthesia is it keeps somebody this close from going to the other side, and you have to really be very, very astute at how to do that. Um, so I can't say that I have anybody's ever confessed to me that they had some great experience under anesthesia. It's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. I mean, you are totally, um, I hadn't, if anybody was going to have a, uh, an experience during anesthesia, I think it would be me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember absolutely nothing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, put something in the anesthesia that gives you a- amnesia. So there's that. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's that that element of it. You're you will never remember because it's like wiped out. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, one how we function, but that we're even able to manipulate the system in that way. You know, I mean, just hearing you say it, I'm like, gosh, that's kind of kind of crazy. Um, another thing I wanted to tell you too, because this story really, I was like all kinds of teary eyed. Um, the story about Sean, the one that had to have lung surgery, but there was also another story um, about a woman who, in doing Reiki with her, you recognize she was pregnant and she had a fear of losing the baby. And what struck me about both of those stories independently was the acceptance. Like they both had something to accept to allow their healing or for her to allow um, carrying her baby to term and him to allow the healing and the accepting of like new lungs and these things. So I wanted to ask you about that too. The, what you have learned in this work about not just our emotion, but maybe like our agreement or the perceptions we hold, like the, the, the power and the impact of our own intention surrounding our healing or whatever it is that we may be working on. For ourselves, you mean? Yes. From my point of view, the um, the most powerful thing that we can do is really come to grips with the fact that we're channeling div- divine divinity. To, from my point of view, it's like you know I I have practiced Japanese Buddhism for like eighteen years, and I really understand the culture and the connection to doing things correctly, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. And I also feel that um, we, we take that and we honor it and we do the best we can to really uphold tradition, knowing that within it, I feel like Dr. Yusui was just like, uh, just got it. And lived in a culture where it had to be explained in a certain way. And I don't know, I just think that our own healing can come when we open up 
in the midst of this, this structure, I mean, you have to have a structure mm-hmm. to exist in for anything to be. It has to be in a structure. And that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And it's a, it holds so much. And if we could just understand like what we're doing, what we're really doing, like it's humbling. It brings you to your knees, it brings tears to your eyes to think that something so magical, beyond magical, like so mystical, so overly over the top, wonderful, um, has found you and found me. We don't find Reiki. It finds us. And I was laughing before about your bread, breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. You, your feet are just put on a path. Like we're in this together. We're making something happen. This is a SOS time on planet Earth. Look what's going on. And people are like, they're not getting it. They're not understanding that we're destroying the Earth with all this stuff that's going on. Such disconnect. But I feel like we're like warriors of love sent from the universe to do this work right now. And, um, and so how could we not think of ourselves as being healed? Like, why would we, we be entrusted to do this? And what I find too, is that a lot of people that have cancer, breast cancer, which has become my specialty, um, so often they just come to their senses. You know, it's like, what was I thinking? What was I doing? I was supposed to be doing this other thing. And they, they come to it themselves. I have to wake up. Life means more than this. You know, what, the way I've been living is not correct. And a lot of them become Reiki masters. They go through breast cancer. They become healers. It's so interesting you say that. Um, one of my, this woman that was a belly teacher, belly dancing teacher of mine many, many years ago, like 20 years ago or something, um, I still follow her on social media and she is, um, she went through breast cancer and she realized cause she documented it. She posted every day what she was going through, what was coming up for her. And it was so interesting watching her healing process and what stood out to her is what emotion she had been repressing throughout her life, how she treated herself, how she viewed her body, her self-criticism, all of these layers of things of what you talk about in the book that's what revealed to her through this process of healing and she she expressed it as a way of feeling like she went through this to reveal to her all of what she was holding and yeah is on this you know fierce path of supporting other people through their healing now one thing that i think we can do also is because we are in that flow um we can, um, we can speak to a person about something nobody else will say to them. And um, like in my case, I've, like doctors can say, you have six months to live. Really? I mean, that's what they're thinking about medically, but in a way to say that is really, I think, dangerous. It's enchantment. They have a white coat on. You believe the doctor above every, anybody. Like that's our culture, right? I don't think I, I just so so many times I've like had to say, wait, wait, let's listen to what the angels have to say. I mean, you know, we can do things that are really, really powerful and we don't have to prove it but to science. We don't we we just have to do it. Right. Like we have to be allowed to do these things, but we can change the we can help somebody see if they can't see 
I only have six months to live. Well, maybe not. Like maybe you're supposed to really get better right now. What do you think? What do you think? What's in your heart? You know, you can ask them questions and, um, and just say the angels, uh, I don't know, you know, what about miracles? I mean, Dr. Um, Dr. Siegel, who is really a, tra a trailblazer, Dr. Bernie Siegel, he's got this book, Love, Medicine, and Miracles. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then Dr. Ornish, who was Dr. Um, Oz's mentor, says in his book, um, love is the most powerful healer there is. And it could save the human, the human race. You know, I mean, and these are doctors speaking. I'm surrounded by books by doctors right now. <laughs> I have a big mission. Honey, thank goodness you are. And the angels help me more than anybody. Like, they send me on. Archangel Gabriel, I was like, like looking, what is the essence? What is the essence? How can I explain Reiki? He sent me um, the um, path of, I think I spoke to you about this once before, uh, E equals MC squared. Well, I, I have to tell you what, it's like, whoa, <laughs> what do you think about it in terms of healing? <laughs> oh my goodness. I have to say, especially when you just said that too, about being surrounded by those books, I'm like, you know, thank goodness you are. Because again, I mean, really your stories and the experiences that you've had, thank goodness you share them because they're so inspiring. They're really, really inspiring. One about the importance of understanding this, this being that we are, right? And also it's inspiring in the self-care aspect of how important it is for us to really start to be aware of our mind, our emotions, and the implication of, you know, those energies on our physical vessel. But it's really inspiring, too, that this work and the research that you're now working on with Dr. Feldman and just the possibility and the direction that we're going. That's, it's, sorry, there you're mad. Two Aquarians on a podcast. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's just so exciting. So I wanted to ask you about this um, as well. Two things. One, we've talked a lot about this book because this is the one that I've read, but you do talk in the book about working with Archangel Gabriel by the way, love the story about how your name, Raven, came to be. Um, that was a beautiful story, too. But I know that you also have another book. Um, is it The Healing Power of Angels? No, it's The Healing Light. The Healing Angels. Light of Angels. Yeah. Yes. So what inspired that book? My agent. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh... I think I should write another book. What do you think? She said, yes, I think so. I think you should write a book about angels. That's so funny. <laughs> you know, you know that I had this thought, like really strong connection with angels and, um, yeah. And yeah, that's a really, um, tender book to my heart. It's, there's so much stuff in there. You know, my, the story of my dad getting lost in um, the woods and everything. And my dad has gone over the rainbow bridge just about a, um, yeah, like a um, year ago. It was December. It was a year ago. So, you know, it's, um, 
it's it's beautiful. And then the whole thing about me losing my kidney and the 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 surgeon, Dr. Badani, who wrote the foreword for that book, he's the guy who took my kidney out. And I want to tell you what, I like I go to the session uh, to meet him. It's a whole story that I should tell one day about me and my kidney. That was my my kidney that took everything um, from 9-11. It just took everything, but it, it saved my life. You know what I'm saying? It, like, took everything, and it saved me because I could get that kidney taken out, and I have one kidney, and it's fine. And, like, anyway, I almost died from it. But anyway, Dr. Badani, my, um, my, when I went to meet him, I said, I can't do this surgery without having a Reiki master present. I'm sorry, I just can't do it. And he goes, well, I don't know any Reiki masters except for you right now. I'm like, I, I, I came... Uh, I came with one. She's in the in the in the waiting room. So he comes. Lisa comes in. Lisa Wolfson, who's like my right hand and all things medical Reiki. Um, she came in and he met her. So then, anyway, so after I have my surgery, I'm in the room. I, I like he says to me, "It's a very good thing we got that kidney out because if you had one more attack, you it's very likely that you would have died." But Lisa was amazing during the surgery. Like he couldn't go, he was just like over the moon about having Reiki in his operating room. So, you know, he continued on with it and whatever. So, yeah, it's really interesting how these um, surgeons can be so affected. So then he went on to write the, um, the foreword for my book. And um, I had a client at the time who was a professor um, at um, Columbia University and part of what she did was she trained doctors in how to speak to patients because she was a psychologist or whatever and um, she said so she knew a lot about how hospital politics and she said to me but Donnie wrote the foreword for your angel book she goes he must make the hospital a lot of money because they don't allow them to put their their credentials with a, something like this it's not allowed i said well he did <laughs> <laughs> and then he says in there because he came for reiki how much it affected him wow to receive reiki yeah himself well raven listen I am so thankful that you are a trailblazer. I look forward to meeting you. And I want everyone to know, because you have training and certification for this uh, medical Reiki, and people can look at your website to see the different areas you're going to be. And hopefully you'll be in San Diego in October, which we are talking about. So if any of you listening are interested in coming to San Diego and training in the fall, please contact me. Let me know. We'll, we'll share more information about that coming soon. But what um, information do you want people to know about the best way to contact you? And this training is for Reiki masters, correct? Yes, only Reiki masters. It's, it's because, you know, for, for one thing, I don't think anybody should go into the operating room. It's just too much to handle. Like if you're a Reiki master and you're already doing work at that level, for one thing. And another thing, too, is that the these doctors with their big educations, they don't want anybody around them who's not excellent at what they do. Right. And the word master impresses them. You know what I'm saying? They may not know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, 
what are they going to say? <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> funny. And this is a two-day training. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for more information about it, um, medical, well, Raven Keys Medical Reiki International, if they look that up or go to ravenkeysmedicalreiki.com and yes. all of the information is there about that. So yeah. you did uh, mention in the book, one I just want to point out too, because this I thought was so cool that Dr. Az said, my gift is surgery. Raven's gift is energy healing. Again, how beautiful that marriage, the two coming together. Um, but you mentioned in the book about, you describe Reiki as being love. So simple. Just that's what it is. So before we go, I wanted to ask you that. Is there anything else that you want people to know about Reiki or something that you just always feel passionate to share about the technique in itself? I think that you actually hit upon it right then and there. It is love. And what is love? You know, you keep stud I've studied a lot about it and d done a lot of research about it. But in, in truth, like for us, it's the connective tissue of the universe. It's not an emotion. It is so far beyond that. Like when you can get out there to where the universe universal energy is like in those moments of bliss that we got like we can't walk around like that it doesn't work if you're in the grocery store but when you're there it's like <gasps> the sound of the universe and the feeling of love is so fabulous and so amazing it's like it's it's mind-blowing we're so lucky that reiki found us but i think reiki sent us you know what i'm saying absolutely we were sent here to do this work and change the destiny of this planet, not just humanity, but everything. We're connected and we're like, oh, it's just, it takes my breath away. It's so funny to hear you say that because a lot of times when people ask me what inspires me and I'm like, the collective and future generations. And they're like, so not for like right now, what's going through now. And I'm like, well, we have to work on right now to have an impact on what's to come so yeah I mean I, I but that is genuinely what inspires me just the idea of you know the the direction that we can continue to expand and inspire I mean listen it's an amazing you, journey it's an amazing journey and can you imagine how happy and amazing it's going to be like when we actually leave this planet and we can say the world is a better place because yeah. I live and then we can have such great dance parties in the next world together. Yeah. And listen, what a beautiful legacy you're leaving. So again, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Hopefully we will see some of you in San Diego in the fall. And Raven, thank you. Thank you again for coming on the podcast and sharing your work. And I will put how to contact you in the show description. Thank you, sweetheart. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> and the precepts. Thank you, friends, for the precepts. Um, uh, concentrating on these. These are going to be in my next book as healing tips. <laughs> yes, I think that is beautiful because I always want. I tell people all the time, like even if you're not attuned, you can learn a lot and get a lot of healing and work on on yourself just through the precepts. So yeah. <laughs> Very powerful. Okay, so we will see you all next time. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, so I hope you enjoyed that episode of Reiki Radio. And I want to give a special thanks again to Raven Keys for coming to share her story and 
giving us more insight about medical Reiki. Her award-winning book, The Healing Power of Reiki, is available on Amazon, and you can learn more about her work at ravenkeysmedicalreiki.com. That's ravenkeys, K-E-Y-E-S, medicalreiki.com. And the links to her website will be available in the show description, so be sure to go there to check her out. And she's coming to San Diego in the fall to actually teach medical Reiki to Reiki masters. So if you are interested in that training to come to San Diego in October, please email me. And you can contact me through my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. As always, I'm so thankful for you being here. And remember to always journey in love.